It's showtime. What up? It's old Kenny here with you for a brand new episode of the Kenny Ho Show. How are you? I hope all is well. Well, actually, my day's going horribly. Let me tell, please don't. This is what I get for being nice. Listen, Olivia Jade got eliminated from Dancing with the Stars. I'm having a rough week, but you don't hear me complaining about it now, do you? See, that would be something to complain about. If I were buddies with Olivia Jade and I was like, hey, so how you doing? She's like, actually, really tough. I, I've been working so hard and uh, I thought I was going to go all the way to the finals and had the rug pulled out under my feet. I got all nines. I don't understand. That I would, I would go along with. I would be like, all right, let's have this conversation. Whereas this girl I'm telling you, I was telling you about last episode where she just like, complains about everything. Now she didn't do this, but but she could have. In fact, if she did, I would have uh, I would have humored her and I would have listened to her problems. And in fact, I'm actually kind of sad she didn't uh, complain about this one thing because at one point she uh, hooked up with a manager and everybody knew. Everybody like company wide knew. Unfortunately for him, his wife also works for the company and she also knew. And this girl knew everybody knew, but then for some reason, she didn't complain to me about that. Maybe she liked the attention. Maybe she liked being uh, known as a floozy or whatever. Maybe it was good for her street cred, you know, being known as a strumpet. But she didn't complain about that, which is a damn shame had she come to me and been like, you know, I had to break up with my boyfriend because everybody knows I hooked up with this manager. Now my days and life is so horrible. And I would take great joy in it because, you know, people like this, they're not going to take any accountability. You know, she she could have been dumped by her boyfriend over this and she would have found a way to spin it to make it seem like he was wrong to do it. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't say anything, mostly because I'm a coward, but also because there's nothing to be gained from it. What is there for me to to, to gain uh, by being like, hey, listen, it's actually your fault. You're the harlot here. You deserve to be kicked to the curb. Did he physically kick you to the curb? She's like, no. Then I'm like, you got off easy. If I was in his position and I weren't such a coward, I would have uh, gotten me a running start and then drop kicked you out my front door Hopefully with such great velocity that you fly across the street and land on the curb. I take it back. That would have been a, an iconic moment in my life. But it also would have been amazing if she did have this conversation with me. And the whole time I'm just standing there with this huge grin, at least on the inside. The whole time being completely amused that this girl is trying to make it seem like... It was somebody else's fault. She's being wronged here that she hooked up with a a person that is not her boyfriend while she's still with that boyfriend. 
I mean, come on. That would have made for some hilarious stories and anecdotes after the fact, right? This, the Kenny Ho Show would have scored a pair of the best episodes it's ever received because of this girl's nonsense. I, I just realized, I'm like, wait a minute. This never even happened, though. Oh, no, she... uh shagged the manager that that's uh that happened but she uh, didn't seem remorseful and certainly didn't come complaining when everybody in the building knew about it and was talking about it but she certainly didn't have the conversation with me that didn't happen so let's get back to what did happen and what did happen was yet another example of Sure, everybody now has a voice and a platform to express that voice of theirs. But once again, not everybody should. Listen, democracy is great to an extent and in some situations, or at least most situations. There's certainly situations like this where you wish it wasn't a democratic system that we were running on. It's one of those rare times when you wish these people had taken a page from China. I'm not saying having a communist dictator run the show is a good idea. Time after time over the years, it's proven that's never a good thing. Uh, But communism at its core, I believe, is a good thing. It's just people are crooked and they're always going to exploit the system in their own favor. And it's always that one guy that screws it up for everybody else, right? You don't have to look far. Look in your own life. Think about work. How many times have you had a job where the job's great, the travel, the commute is great, and the people you work with? great as well except for that one guy that one guy or girl you you know it's like let's be fair a lot of times it's one nasty ass woman right the worst is the combo of one toxic guy and one venomous woman then you definitely have to leave the job. Then it doesn't, it's not a, uh, so there's, there's one son of a gun who, who's keeping this place from being really great and like have me look forward to come to work. Now it's like, you know, whenever I don't have to deal with him, the job is great. I've even had thoughts of lacing this guy's water with cocaine so that he eventually gets addicted and then like, I cut him off cold turkey and he has some serious health issues afterwards and he has to enter rehab and not be here for the next six to eight months. It's like, yeah, that's how much of a nightmare this guy is. Now, thankfully, I've never had a job that I like that much where I'm like, yeah, let's let's basically poison the guy. Uh, let's just poison the dickhead who's uh, mean and stuff. I, I, I'll i just usually leave the job well before I, I start putting that into place. But I digress. What I wanted to talk about was the end of Olivia Jade's run on Dancing with the Stars, which is a real shame, cause, uh, and quite frankly, a little bit uh, unfair as far as I'm concerned. I had to hesitate there because I know life's not fair and... Why would a dance competition featuring all beautiful people, celebrities even, well, mostly celebrities, some of them, that that term is used real liberally. It's a real stretch. I'm looking at you, Peloton instructor. 
So I suppose, let's say unfair, relatively speaking, because these people are, you know, blessed with good genetics and uh, career opportunities that not everybody has available to them. But despite having not the best scores of the night, there were a lot of uh, 10 out of 10s that night, but it wasn't the bottom either. She got one point shy of uh, 10s across the board. Uh, there are definitely at least a couple people who got a bunch of eights. But somehow, when it was all said and done, combined scores between the judges, which were the 9s out of 10s, and the goddamn audience, she was last. There wasn't even a chance, not that she would have been saved, because uh, that lady from the office, turns out she's one hell of a dancer. Uh, She also didn't get the votes, which I'm surprised by, because I feel like uh, there are two types of people outside of myself that watch this show. Gay guys of all shapes and sizes and age, and a bunch of old women. Because that's why the Peloton instructor's still in this uh, show. He's definitely, at this point, the weakest dancer on there. But from what I recall, he's never been in the bottom two. So meaning he's gotten votes. Despite not always having good scores, he's never eaten shit. Because all his fabu friends are definitely voting him in. The gays are powerful people. They're usually in pretty damn good shape, and they got a shitload of disposable income. I mean, it'll mean nothing at the end of the day when they go upstairs and they... I was gonna say meet the big guy, but they wouldn't even make it past the pearly gates. Who's that saint? There's a saint that's uh, at the door there, uh, guarding the, the pearly gates, and he's checking off the boxes. Never killed anybody. Check. Good Samaritan. Check. Never railed another man in his ass. Oh boy. You're gonna need to take the escalator downstairs. Where the guy guarding that gate is like, Life of sin? Yes! Likes pina coladas? Yes! Likes railing and being railed by another man? Check, check, check. Welcome in, son. The devil and his pitchfork will be with you momentarily. But I was super bummed out. And I kind of saw it coming. Because uh, everybody kind of delivered the goods that night. Everybody was like at the top of their game. And Olivia Jade was as well. But the problem was, uh, I could tell the dance uh, that she did was not a 10. Like the moment it ended, I'm like, oh no, that's not a 10. And tonight you need a 10 to stay. And even though she's a natural, even though uh, her performances, all of them are great, uh, the one problem with her is, and despite her like getting really, really good at even the difficult dances, like she keeps pushing herself each and every week, there's one thing uh, she had not addressed. And uh, to be fair, nobody ever told her to address it up until that night where Carrie Ann was like, you need more heat. And I was saying that throughout. I'm like, this song is, and the, the mood uh, created on stage, it call it doesn't call for a smile. And Olivia Jade's always got a smile on her face. Probably conditioned to do so, you know. Um, I think her parents are very uh, involved in her life. Uh, so I think she's been conditioned to be a good girl and... 
I guess traditionally, good girls always smile, and like she's a sweet kid, and that's uh, she's only twenty two. So I remember when I was twenty two, I was definitely always a sweet kid myself. So, um, but I knew I had like the darkness in me, and I could like go to that place whenever like roles required me to go dark. But she's not a trained performer, uh, even though she's a natural. She's not. Like, I guess she was not groomed to be a, a performer. So she just didn't know how to go there or didn't know better to go there. But that dance had she just like, even, and don't, don't even frown. Nobody likes a sour puss. So just don't smile. Just turn the smile off and be serious about it. It gives it a completely different energy. And uh, it would have been tens. It was technically amazing. It just didn't have that missing ingredient to make it perfect and four tens across the board is perfect and she didn't get it and to be fair she didn't quite deserve it but she sure as hell didn't deserve getting booted my goodness all nines and you're still gone like had everybody else gotten all tens i'd understand but she was in the middle of the pack it was like three perfect scores and then her. And then like at the bottom, there was three lesser scores or four lesser scores. But this is the perfect example to show that there are holes and you know shortcomings to this system. I, you know what? I do agree that because it could go the other way. It could be like you have like, you know, there's champions and then there's people's champions, right? Uh, if you go 100% by the judges, like Aaron Gordon in uh, basketball, the slam dunk contest, he should have two slam dunk championships uh, as far as all the fans are concerned. But because the voting was 100% by the judges, uh, a biased judge in Dwayne Wade, uh, he got screwed over. So I can't say that you should just rely on judges because then you know, the people's champ uh, will not get their day in the sun, right? So, but maybe on this show, you gotta, because I trust the judges. Those judges have, they've always saved the right person. So I feel like maybe the answer is like weigh the the people's vote, the audience's vote way less. It should be, it shouldn't be evenly weighted. It shouldn't be a 50-50. It should be 75% the judges, 25% the people. Or or pick a number that if it is so overwhelmingly that the, the people want a certain person to move on or win eventually, that that can happen. But it shouldn't be, um, yeah, if, if the audience decided to just be trolls one night, then the the judges' votes means nothing. Because this was definitely a spite thing, right? This was definitely, or at least a popularity contest. Basically, this was this had nothing to do with uh, who was the best dancer and who has the most potential, who does a uh, the best job. This was clearly well. There's a gay guy in this competition, so we all have to vote for him. And uh, as far as these old women are concerned, oh, this girl's young and pretty and I'm not. Uh, and she's just naturally good at this. Uh, eat shit. That's what it came down to. And despite her having fans, she does have fans. It just, they're clearly either not watching or they're just clearly outnumbered by the gays and the hags, right? Because when it comes to Olivia Jade, 
what's not to like? She's easy on the eyes. She's natural at this. She's a natural performer. And uh, she seems to be very hardworking. And like all the clip packages, you see that almost everybody uh, has uh, had fights with their um, their pros. And despite her pro being pretty hard on her, not a peep. She is, is like, yep, okay, well, let's do it. Let's go again. Her and JoJo, I don't think JoJo's had any issues with her pro either. Now that Olivia's gone... I'm I'm banking on uh, one of my horses to win, and JoJo's the final one. It was Mel C, Olivia, and now it's just down to JoJo Siwa. And I'm an even bigger fan of Olivia Jade now because I started listening to her podcast, and she's a lovable, sweet young lady. And the podcast is pretty good, especially when she was uh, she had her pro on with her Val. Uh, he seems he's he's definitely a cool guy himself as well, uh, and I just found it really interesting and intriguing, and that's saying a lot because this is not my type of podcast. Like, remember the time I came on here to absolutely trash that other podcast that had Michelle Branch on there, so like a music interview podcast, and I'm like, you had Jolly Branchers on here, and you still somehow shat the bed and didn't have just the best interview of all time and okay maybe that one podcast isn't for me but even reina uh who i interviewed years and years ago i was who's very gracious and kind to me um and helped me whenever i needed anything from her in radio school i still see her posting on twitter you know she interviewed this person or that person and i never look into it because i'm just not interested in that type of podcast the types of podcasts that I've listened to over the past, I don't know, whatever, you know, five, six, seven years or whatever, and have come back to it time and time again, are mainly comedy podcasts, kung fu interviews, and that is all. That's it. There's only two types of podcasts that I enjoy listening to, and now this one. Although I did find uh, there was, I think it was called Serial or something. It was like uh, a murder mystery, like a real life uh, murder mystery type of podcast. It was really good, but I just never went back to it because I listened to this thing at school during my eight in the morning class. I'm like, dude, did you need to bring us all in here week after week at 8 a.m. to listen to a podcast? You should have just assigned this thing for homework. It's not like you you have a physical copy of it and nobody else does. You're literally just streaming it off an app or like even worse, a website. Like at least with an app, it's like, ah, okay, well, I have to download the app, which would take like 30 seconds. Let's say I have some difficulties finding it. Five minutes tops. It's on my phone. Even better, you send out a link to a website and just hit play. Anything better than having to wake up at 6 in the morning, be on a bus by 6.30, and then wait to get on with like seemingly 500 other people on this small-ass bus going shoulder-to-shoulder for 45 minutes more until I reach school only to be told, you know what, I'm not really qualified to teach. So I'm just going to have you guys listen to this podcast.
And the dude was a nice guy. I forget his name, but what a sweetheart this guy was. And that's why I don't have bad things to say about him, but he was not qualified to teach. This man, he was a you know radio guy. He had an accomplished career, and um, I don't know why he was doing this. He was clearly not qualified to do this because he had us come in to listen to Serial for a while. He had us uh, go on... What was that thing called? It's like lynda.com or whatever, where you can learn anything off of it. And he was just playing tutorials off there. I'm like, dude, I would pay for a lynda.com subscription and do this shit from home. Listen, despite being a student and having, uh, you know, little to no money, I will find a way to, well, however much it costs, even if it's $100 for the month, I'll find, I'll work another shift. I'll start selling drugs if that's what it takes so I don't have to get up at goddamn six in the morning and go act like a goddamn sardine in a can, right? But I digress. There's really only two types of podcasts I listen to, now a third. Comedy, Kung Fu, and now gorgeous, genuine, sweetheart girl lovable girl interviewing nice and interesting people type podcast and I found myself when I was listening to her podcast being like oh it would be so cool if I could uh, have her on mine but of course in reality that doesn't make sense it's never that would never ever happen it wouldn't make any sense for her because even though she's new at podcasting I guarantee you her numbers I guarantee you, dwarfs mine like the sun dwarfs the earth. But to be fair, just about anybody who starts a podcast now, their numbers may not dwarf mine, but they're beating me. You have to be, you, you'd have to have the most heinous a production qualities. Uh, in my world, production qualities uh, trumps uh, how heinous your content is. Your podcast could literally be entitled, So This Is How I Murdered 450 People. You know, it, does, it wouldn't necessarily sit well with me uh, hearing the gruesome details, but if you did it with great production values, it sounds high def, crisp, clean, really professionally done, I would be like, well, at least only one sin was committed by this person. Because on the flip side, if you have a podcast about how saintly you are and how many... Um, well, I mean, if, if, the, if the person rescued 450 puppies, I'd let the bad audio production go. I'd be like, what a great story. What a, what a great person. But if it was, oh, this is how I is, you know, that's the like a, a nun's podcast. This is I saved this many souls. I saved this many children from starvation. But their audio sounds like complete and utter horseshit. You're getting a dislike from me, sister. Yeah, it's too bad. Um, I would never be able to reach out and get Olivia Jade on this podcast. I don't know what we talk about, but she's like a swell, like lovable girl. Like I'm sure we could talk about anything and I'm sure you would fall in love with her. Um, I want to say just like I have, but like that makes it sound like I have like a romantic thing for her. And I don't think it's on that level. I'm sure it's probably, you know, like 
subliminally there's something like that going on. I mean, she's a, an attractive young lady. I think there'd be something... I was going to say there would be something wrong with me if uh, I weren't interested. Let's face it, there is definitely something wrong with me, but uh, not to this level. Let's just say, you know, when I check in downstairs, when it's all said and done, uh, you know, buddy downstairs will be like, killed somebody? No. Did a bunch of hookers and then ran them over with his car to get his money back. Only in GTA. <laughs> Loves taking it and giving it to another man in his derriere. At least there's a no here. All right. Come on in, son. The devil and his pitchfork are currently occupied. There's guys who enjoy it, and you're not one of them. Go get rejected by these hot demon bitches. It's hell for a reason, baby! But before I go, I also want... I didn't mean to talk about uh, Aunt Becky's amazing daughter. She did such a great job with Nikki and Alex. I'm not surprised she did a great job with her girls as well, right? I did want to spend half the episode talking about Black Widow, uh, which I finally got around to watching it. Like, when it first came out on uh, Disney Plus Premiere, I'm like, listen, I'm not a sucker. I'm not going to pay, like, $40 to watch this movie. I could buy the goddamn Blu-ray DVD uh, when it comes out for probably $10 less than that. Again, it makes sense for people who... uh, you know, or rolling in the do-re-mi, or at least for families, you know, if you take your kids out for a night at the theater, tickets alone is going to cost you, if there's four of you, it'll cost you 40 bucks at least, and then, you know, what are you going to do, not buy popcorn and candy and cola? (laughs) I sounded like I was 75 years old. The cola? I've got hard candy to go with that cola of yours. All right, you're, you're going to be a monster, not buy snackos for your kids? Come on, right? So that, yeah, run you uh, with parking, probably over $100. So it makes perfect sense. Brand new movie. The studio's got to make their money back too, right? So I understand 40 bucks uh, why they do that. And that's actually a great price under those circumstances. But for me, I'm like, whether I watch it today or six months from now, I don't give a rat's ass already. I'm already paying like a hundred bucks a year for this uh, this Disney Plus that I stopped using after WandaVision. After being tremendously disappointed and disheartened by WandaVision, I, I just gave it up. I just decided not to use it anymore. But I figured, hey, I still got like a few weeks or a month or whatever left on this thing. Uh, let me watch uh, Black Widow. Even though I'd heard and seen some bad reviews about it i'm like why not give it a shot it looks cool like the trailer looked good so you know well you can't always go by trailers because trailers usually use the best parts of the movie but i'm like at least the trailer showed really if that's the best parts at least they're actually good you're in trouble if they take the best parts and they suck if the best parts of your movie are crap then you're in trouble, and then I won't watch your movie. But at least this one, it's like, well, if this is all the good stuff in it, well, at least there's good stuff in it. And after watching it, I don't understand the hate. I don't understand why people didn't give this 
Yeah, okay, this wasn't... To put it in Dancing with the Stars terms, this was not a 10, 10, 10, 10. This was like an 8, 8, 8, 8. Even my good buddy Sheed, I, I sent him a, a message this morning after watching it last night. I'm like, bro, did you check that movie out yet? Because uh, I watched it last night and I really enjoyed it. And he replied, yeah, I tried to watch it, but it was so boring. I fell asleep halfway through. I'm like, really? Like, damn this rap generation, right? Damn this Call of Duty. It's got everybody's brains wired for like dopamine, dopamine, dopamine all day long because that's the only explanation. How was this movie boring? Like even if you say that it wasn't uh, the best Marvel movie or uh, the action wasn't the best or at least there wasn't as much action as you wanted. I could, you know, kind of see that. I could go along with it uh, for for the, maybe maybe not the most part, but to an extent. But to say it was slow and boring, like how fast do movies need to be? Like, is that why Fast and the Furious is a big deal? Because quite frankly, those movies are mm, come see, come saw as far as I'm concerned. But lots of speed, lots of adrenaline. I hate this world that we live in. How is, why does everything need to move at a million miles per hour? Why not take it slow? Just go with the flow. And not cram all the energy drinks you can down your throat and then jump on the throttle, jump on that pedal and put it to the floor and go as fast as you possibly can, right? I really enjoyed Black Widow. I thought it was slightly different from other Marvel movies. By which I mean they weren't trying to be funny every single other moment. Like 10 jokes per minute type of thing. They did not choose jokes over characterization. You know, they didn't throw away the character and the character's integrity for one laugh. I thought the humor in general made sense. It was uh, within what the scene called for within what those characters uh, were about. Uh, the Budapest, Budapest uh, little bit. I'm like, is Natasha Romanov really going to get into it? If she said Budapest and the guy said Budapest, at the very most, I think she would say it's pronounced Budapest and then move on. And before I watched the movie, when I was on YouTube... Uh, a lot of my recommended videos over and over again, it was, uh, what's her name? Yelena Belova or whatever, being iconic or being a comedic genius. And so I went into this thing uh, expecting her to be a comedic genius uh, right off the top. But after the first, oh, I don't know, 25% of the movie where they clearly went for jokes and I just sat there recognizing, oh, this is where they want me to laugh. Are they friggin' serious? Is goddamn internet and their goddamn sensationalism. Comedic genius. Iconic. Are you out of your mind? You know who's a comedic genius? Norm MacDonald. Like, at no point during the first 25, or even throughout the entire movie, was I sitting there being like, it felt like Norm MacDonald was on the screen there for a second. 
What a great movie. No, the first 25% of the movie, the first 25% of her jokes fell flat with me. And then, don't get me wrong, she did become very lovable. And there were some really... I laughed out loud a few times. Uh, She's a great character. But that's just it, right? Like, she's a character that's never been in these movies before. So you can... And who the hell is reading a Black Widow comic, right? So you can kind of get away with making her uh, this way. Whereas, you know, making Luke Skywalker crack jokes completely out of character right so they did it right and she was easily the best part of the movie again very likable very lovable i would like to have her on the podcast as well not the actress but the character but that you know how much money that would cost me she's like i have to i can't just come on and like do you a favor you loser of a podcaster and just do an interview i have to be in character i have to do the accent Screw you, you railroad-loving son of a gun. I'm like, that would hurt if uh, this were done in person, but since this is just done through an email, I'm going to imagine that Yelena Belova said that to me, and uh, I'm loving it. Screw you, you railroad-loving son of a gun. Oh, Yelena! In the trailer, I thought uh, Red Guardian was too much. I'm like, oh, this guy's gonna be like hamming it up the whole time. It's it's it. You know, I I see the 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 old Marvel formulas alive and well in this movie. But then it wasn't the case. Sure, this dude was funny, like you know, whatever, being funny the whole time. Um, and yeah, that's what it was. He was being funny the whole time. wasn't trying to be funny the whole time. I felt like. Basically, all his his stuff landed. Uh, that's a testament to the writing, the character, and the actor. And her actual name is uh, escaping me right now. I used to know it. Whatever, Evie from uh, The Mummy, the... What's her name? Helena in this movie? No, it wasn't, was it? Then it start with an M. Whatever, you know the character, the mom character. I liked her. That was a good job. And even the Taskmaster, that was a great enemy. That was, there were moments uh, of uh, like Darth Vader. Let's, before I get flamed, I didn't say this dude was exactly like Darth Vader. This guy's on the level. He wasn't, but there were moments of how they, uh, they built him, or you think it was a him, because, come on, this was a girl power movement that, Bad guy's definitely the evil white man, right? But there are moments of this guy's like an indestructible monster, and he's coming for your ass, right? And which is, uh, you know, a level of Darth Vader to him. And I thought I thought they did that really well. Um, I, I've never known how to like people are like first act, second act, third act of a movie. I'm a maybe this speaks to my intelligence level or my education. I'm a technically world-class, classically trained theater actor, and I have no idea what a what a third act of a movie is, like when that starts or whatever. I understand there's acts, but I never really paid attention to that shit. I'm like, okay, so when I have this many scenes here and then i flip a few pages oh okay i got a couple more scenes here i never paid attention to now we're going into the third act but i guess 
there must have been there must have been three acts in this movie. The first two acts were really really great, and that last one kind of it fell off. Like especially for Taskmaster, first couple I'm like, what a scary son of a bitch. By that last one, I'm like, oh, so everybody's just kicking her ass now. Like she she can't win a single one of these fights. I mean, I guess if the the complaints were based solely around the third act, I would agree that this movie was not good because uh, the action was really lame towards the end. Tame, maybe. Maybe not lame, but it was certainly... It was definitely at least tame, if not lame. The fighting was lame. Oh, my goodness. The, the, the potential of all the widows fighting uh, Natasha Romanoff by herself huge you could have had like one of the craziest fights ever recorded on uh on tape there and it was such a letdown i'm like so she can handle all these black widows by herself basically they're all just tough chicks eh? they're all just going one-on-one man woman no a woman no a lot of throat grabbing and they're just staring into each other's eyes eh who the hell trained these assassins? As far as I'm concerned, an assassin, you should be like a shadow. In and out. People shouldn't know you were there killing somebody. Even the person you killed shouldn't have known they just got killed by you. But these guys are just grabbing each other by the throat and like strangling each other. I'm like, you're doing it with one hand. Like, what are you, cool or something? If you're going to kill someone uh, strangling them... You better get up behind them so they can't defend themselves. And you might want to use some piano wire so you can stay a few feet away from them so they don't just, like, reach back and rake your eyes out. Certainly, the Undertaker move, one hand across the throat and being, like, almost close enough to make out. I mean, listen, if there was a little girl-on-girl making out, this movie would have been a 10 out of 10 but there wasn't that, nor was there a good, coherent fight. It was so underwhelming. Like, they needed to ratchet that thing up way the hell further. There needed to be, like, some serious ass-kicking. And you needed... you sure, Natasha to hold her own, whoop some candy ass. But then, eventually, those numbers should have meant something. And then, like, she get really overwhelmed, like, that you fear for her. Because what they did was, like... Oh, now one girl's, you know, got her choked, and here comes her friends. And then um, Yelena throws, uh, like, that bomb made of uh, the cure, and it just wasn't impactful. I'm like, it feels like this needed, uh, like, I don't know, maybe two more weeks of choreographing and rehearsals, uh, and maybe two more minutes long on screen of a fight, and then when this thing comes, when it looks... Everybody saw that it was coming, but it needed to be way more brutal and you wanted it to end uh, in, a, in a positive way, like that you're cheering that Yelena showed up. But there wasn't that. And there was none of that for any of the fights at the end. Like It was so cool that uh, Taskmaster was like flying through midair like chasing Scarlet Witch, Scarlet Witch, Scarlet Johansson's Black Widow down. And then there was a nothing fight. It was no big deal. Dude, they kept saying Taskmaster is a perfect mimic. 
And I'm like, that's going to be badass. She fights like she knows everybody's styles. That's going to be an epic fight. All you saw her do was fight like Captain America at the beginning, which was good. That fight at the beginning was good. But there was nothing at the end. There was going to be a fight with uh, Red Guardian, but that lasted like 15 seconds on screen. And then she got trapped behind a door. You know, it was so cool when she switched into Wakanda mode and was going to uh, fight like Black Panther. But then it it went away from that. It cut away from that scene. Listen, in a book, that makes sense. If they're like, and then they dueled. I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I have to imagine it anyway. It's a book. I'll just imagine that uh, there was a lot of Wakanda forever and a lot of scratches to the face. That's so much better than what we got. Come on, this is a movie. This is a summer major budget blockbuster movie. You have to show that fight. You can't just make people imagine the fight. Like, it was all very underwhelming. The, the what's his name? The Drakov guy died in an explosion. Spoilers. Died in a quick explosion. Would have been way better if... Uh, if I keep wanting to call her the Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Johansson's Natasha Romanoff Black Widow whooped his candy. As it was cool when she severed that nerve. That was really cool. And it should have ended there. Or ha- if you want Yelena to be the one who kills him. Alright. Like have her beat the shit out of his guards. And then go one-on-one with the Great One. But... No. Little... And he and the guard saw her. She was on top of the engine, and Drakov was like, "Look, there she is, shoot her!" And they're like, "Where, where, sir, where?" I'm like, "The engine's right there. She's standing right on top of it. You're literally looking at her from the exact same angle this man is. How do you miss her?" And then that final confrontation with the Taskmaster on the ground. Oh, that was nonsense, right? She put down her weapon and still won the fight easily. The fight lasted, what, another 20 seconds or so? Where she just went luchador, which is, hey, cool, that's her fighting style, but there needed to be way more of that. There needed to be way more before she took the mask off and uh, you know gave her the serum. And then that's the movie. Well, basically. End credit scene... Elaine shows up and then it's like, oh yeah, you gotta go kill uh, Hawkeye because he he killed uh, Black Widow there. Great. Hope he dies in uh, the Hawkeye show because who the hell is tuning in for, for Jeremy Renner or whatever his name is. I'll watch that show only because it's not strictly about Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye. What's her name? Haley Steinfeld in the chick from Bumblebee. Hey, she's an attractive girl. I'm sure the show will be cool, but I hope he dies, but I doubt it. I'm assuming at some point, uh, Yelena's going to realize, oh no, she sacrificed herself. You're her best friend. Let me join you now. Let us go kill common enemy. But I'm sure it'll be a riveting good time as long as they keep the integrity of that character and just have her just more of what she was in the movie, which was... I'll go with iconic, comedic genius. Okay, maybe not. Uh, You know, Rickles is uh, rolling around in his grave when he sees uh, that term being thrown around, right? Uh, And Normie, too. 
R.I.P. Normie and Rickles. There'll never be another one quite like you guys. All right, that's it. That's a wrap on episode 331. I hope you had yourself a good time. But until next time, toodles!